You're listening to 20-something Conversations, and in this episode, I'm joined by Charlie Follows of Charlie Flow to go behind the bends of her yoga journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 20-something Conversations. And today I am going to be sat down with a very good friend of mine called Charlie Follows, who's also known as Charlie Flow on Instagram. And we're basically just going to go behind the bends, I guess, and talk about her yoga journey and discuss how documenting her journey on Instagram has gone from just becoming a daily thing that she used to do just for fun to now growing an Instagram following of over about 23,000 people. So, Charlie, give us a hello. Hello. (laughs) And how are you today, my love? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm nervous. I didn't think oh, I no. would be this nervous, even though you're just I know, sat I always... like a meter away from me. Yeah, no, I mean, just to describe the setting room, we're currently in my sister's bedroom, and we feel like there's a bit of a calm energy that's being exuded, so we're trying to tap yeah, into that as much as we can. It's a good space to be in. I'm nice and cosy. Yeah. I have my cup of tea, so it's all good. Yeah, and as well, like, we've been trying to arrange this for weeks now, but scheduling and I think the arrival of my baby nephew which I don't blame him but (laughs) I guess since he came that's kind of put everything on halt so I'm really happy that we got to sit down and yeah so let's get back get right into it so in terms of like a general background to who you are so why did you originally get into yoga what first got you into the journey gosh um probably in my second year of uni I'd just broken up with like a long-term boyfriend I guess I was kind of feeling a little bit lost needed to do something that made me feel good about myself that I was just doing for myself and initially it started out with Pilates and I was like at home sweating it out on my mat (laughs) watching some like really enthusiastic person on YouTube and then it kind of led to to yoga all of the Pilates classes were kind of like suggesting to do like yoga classes and then I started doing a few flows and then memorized a couple of the poses and then started to create my own flows and then it Mm kind of went from there I stopped using the videos anymore and then it just kind of turned into a part of what I did every day yeah and like when you when you originally because I'd followed you on Instagram like this entire time and when you first started using it you were kind of just playing around and just showing people how far you'd gotten with a particular pose Mm. so was it I mean I guess you never thought that you'd have as big a following as you did now but what did you want to use the tool for on Instagram? Um, I think initially when I first, you know, started discovering other yogis on Instagram, I was just kind of amazed at how inspiring these people were. And I was looking mm-hmm. at their journeys and just thinking, wow, you know, if this, if I can learn from, you know, your tutorials and if I can kind of adapt your style of learning to my own practice, then maybe I can learn how to do these things myself. And it just kind of, evolved from there really and it happened quite organically didn't it um yeah it's kind of crazy really I think from going from just messing around in my room you know like falling over myself (laughs) trying to make a headstand and stuff like that to finding that really pushing myself out of that comfort zone was Mm. kind of addictive in a way yeah and now it's something I kind of daily I try to do something that 
gets me out of my comfort zone yeah that I get that kind of buzz off and then yeah, yeah it's been good I think as well that a lot of people like you were saying it kind of came from a breakup and how you wanted to kind of it sounds very cliche but find yourself again yeah I know it's a little bit so how how come what was it about like in in that process obviously you feeling really crappy and terrible what is the feeling that yoga initially gave you I think it's it's empowering mm-hmm. that is probably the biggest word I could use to sum up a yoga practice is just taking a really simple tool like movement and just engaging with your breath and with your body and just discovering each day different things finding new limits mm-hmm. realizing that there's things that you could do that you never thought you could and I think when you when you get to that point where every time you're stepping on the mat and you're discovering something new, mm-hmm. you know, there's... You have, like, a eureka moment yeah, sometimes. You're like, oh, my God, damn, I can do this. It's <laughs> one of those. And I remember in my first sort of, like, maybe six, seven months of practicing, obviously, like, living back home with my mum and dad, and I would be like, Mom, look what I can do. It's so exciting. <laughs> and she'd be like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. She was never very enthusiastic, and now she, she's, like, really enthusiastic about yeah. it. She's like, oh, I guess so it's because she's seen the impact on what it's done to your life. And yeah, definitely. For people that are listening and who are wanting to get into this journey, what kind of person were you before your practice? Oh, gosh, I... I don't know, I, well, I would probably say quite a lazy person, I didn't really, I wasn't very active, I walked a lot, but that was just because I was a student, and you know, oh, yeah, you, you, walk you save a lot of costs, and when you live in a city, you know, it's just, you walk everywhere, but I didn't really have any other kind of outlets, and I think a lot of the time when I was trying to deal with an emotion, or deal with any kind of frustration, I didn't have that way of focusing my energy like positively it was always oh I'm just gonna sit here and be in this rut for a couple hours and not have a way of getting out of it or taking myself away from it and then um, I didn't realize that my practice was going to be that for me but it really has and I do think for a lot of people that is an escape in some senses of the word it's kind of a form of like because I always struggle with meditation to just sit Mm -hmm. and think with my own thoughts that's always something even today I struggle with whereas with a yoga practice I feel like because I'm focusing on such like a difficult flow sometimes it kind of takes you away from everything because you're focusing on that one thing I find that I mean I know I definitely am not a sit down and kind of you know check out kind of person Mm -hmm. I have so many to do's constantly spinning around my head constant ideas um, projects I'm working on that actually when I just concentrate on one thing at a time that's my my meditation yeah so moving meditation rather than a stillness I guess yeah definitely and when did you when you started posting your journey when did you start to realize that there was a bit of a shift in how many followers you were getting or how how much like how many people were getting in touch and being like well it's amazing and because it feels like, because uh, let's just make a note that what, you've been doing yoga for about just over a year? or Like two years. About two years like now. That. So it's been a two-year journey, and I feel like in the past year there was just a huge leap. So, yeah. Like, yeah, so where did you start to see of. a bit of a shift, and you're like, oh, this is becoming something? Um, Probably actually about this time last last year, maybe. Mm. Um, February time. Um. And I think it's mainly just being interacting with people, you know, just making connections with people that are like-minded, that are also interested Mm -hmm. in 
what you're interested in and then just sharing your experiences, sharing things that you've learned both on and off the mat and then I think I guess the more you share maybe the more people interact and it mm -hmm. just kind of spirals from there and then it gets to a point where you're kind of baffled by it I yeah. guess um, which is kind of where it is now. Um, I think today when you mentioned that like getting in touch with like-minded people I think because you you're in, you um, collaborate with quite a few other fellow yogis mm -hmm. on Instagram and I think there's a huge perception when in terms of like in the age of the influencers because I know you mm. wouldn't class yourself as an influencer um, I think people tend to look at these yogis on Instagram and think these are unattainable goals like they're doing all these funky stretches yeah. doing this and they're this they're that and since getting involved in that community have you ever noticed that somebody is like maybe not the kind of person they say they are or has have the like-minded people always been supportive um i do definitely notice that some people with regards to kind of putting their practice out there some people are doing it and you can kind of see that they're doing it just purely for engagement and mm. I do think there's a lot of people that are really really true to who they are and what they're about and they are doing it purely just because it's just a visual documentation of their practice mm. and for me that's that's why I do it it was never about you know how many likes or how much engagement or mm. how many people are seeing what you are doing because at the end of the day that doesn't affect my life yeah. your virtual life is something I think that people get so drawn into and then they actually detach from their real lives and they forget Absolutely. that actually that's where life is at it's not on the screen yeah. and I think finding that happy medium between sharing and also giving is is really vital because I think sometimes people get so wrapped up in in their worth online mm -hmm. and they kind of seem to connect you know how much people are engaging with their value and I really yeah. think that that's something that this generation we're seeing a lot more of now where people seem to think that they are less than someone mm -hmm. who is you know has a higher following or Absolutely. you know whatever you want to term it when in actual fact that they're just another person it just yeah. means that they're just putting more of themselves out there for mm -hmm. people to see I think as well when I I posted recently you commented on Instagram about um, just how you take one picture of yourself, but it's not just one picture that you've mm. uploaded. It's about 50 different types of picture because the age we're in and that culture is very much like you said, like your virtual life, you try and connect it too much to yourself, which leaves you in so much stress because you're wondering like, oh, mm. everybody's going to be seeing this. This isn't a good enough picture. How am I going to yeah. do this? And and I think you're right when you say it's fi <clears throat> finding the right medium between your virtual life and your real life and mm. not really getting too lost in what you're putting out there but yeah. also not be not letting it take too much of your soul I guess uh, yeah no no that is completely true I mean I know sometimes and I'm definitely a culprit of this if I've got like a challenge that I'm hosting or something like that where you know I'm trying to create content that is a bit more creative and I kind of have to stop myself sometimes getting too wrapped up in it and spending too much time creating this because I'm like it's just a picture yeah <laughs> and you although mean. although you want to make it fun and you want to you know make things interesting you also have to 
kind of keep a check on how much time you're, you're putting into this. Yeah. Because sometimes I think, I know I've noticed a lot of people speak about this where they say that Instagram becomes a bit like a job. And I yeah. know that a lot of people who do use Instagram for their own promotion, like obviously I do for teaching and things like that, obviously then you can kind of allocate a bit of your time to that and obviously you kind of have to factor in how much your time is worth mm. but then sometimes if you're constantly checking your phone all day you know you really need to take a step back and just yeah. think it's too much so I think that um it's kind of good that we touch on start on like promoting online and making money online because mm. is that your sole job is that what you do for a living or no not at all <laughs> not at all I work a nine-to-five I work in marketing, I work behind a desk, you know, five hours a day, mm-hmm. I'm very much just normal, I wake up, I take my dog to my granddad's house, <laughs> I go to my job, you know, I, I do my day job, I go home, and then, you know, I do my practice, I plan classes, I'm making clothes in my spare time, you know. You do a bit of everything, and I think that <laughs> when people look at um certain instagrammers they think this is their whole life but that is only part of yeah part of who gosh you are. no gosh mm. no i've it's such a small part of who i am because in all honesty i don't want to share every part of my life i know i know yeah. that a lot of people do that but i actually think i don't there's parts of my life that i don't want to share and i shouldn't feel obligated to absolutely it's, just, uh, it's interesting you say that because when i think about it like the way people come across on social media it's like you're saying they when you if I was to look at your Instagram and I didn't know you I would think that that's your entire life because <laughs> but like that's just because the way that social media works is it's a reflection of who you are oh gosh but it's like, that's yeah. totally not true you should have a completely normal life and then share what you want and you can be as personal as you want but then you still want to like have some stuff that's kept to your heart I mm. guess but um, in terms of like the influencer side of it, so I looked at the definition and it actually said, <laughs> in terms of marketing, a person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or service by promoting or recommending the items on social media. Now, I don't know, is this something that you do or have you gotten involved with yet? Or um, I know from time to time. It happens a lot more regularly recently. Uh, companies or brands will approach me you know over email or like they'll like dm me um you know just suggesting if we like collaborate together and i'm always really conscious of obviously their motives mm. and obviously how it comes across to other people that might see this because i don't want to become any kind of puppet mm. or i don't just want to be promoting things just because i'm getting things in return because mm. that's not my goal and it's if, not who you are exactly really, is it? no um if i ever do promote anything it's because i believe in that brand and it's because i genuinely think it's a product that i think people might be interested in or people might benefit from um and I do notice a lot of people, you know, they just kind of promote everything left, right, centre. Yeah, it's quite dangerous, like quite a dangerous field. Like if you try to rely completely on your social media oh, to, gosh, as like yeah. your natural source of income, I think it can be quite harmful when, mm. especially for the younger generation um, who get in, kind of fall into that trap. Mm because eventually there's going to be another trend or probably maybe Instagram won't be the number one thing and then suddenly yeah. you'll be like, shit, <laughs> yeah. what do I do now? Uh-huh. 
So I think it's refreshing for anyone listening to know that you, even though you have this life and you have these opportunities and they may be paid opportunities, you also try to prioritise like income from outside outside of the virtual world. Oh gosh, yeah, like I definitely would never counter in anything that I would be getting from like social platforms at Mm. all because at the end of the day, you know, my nine to five is my income and my teaching supports me to do little things for me. Mm. And then obviously, hopefully one day that will be an opportunity where I, I have more time to make and sell the things that I make, but that's kind of much further down the line, I'm yeah. thinking. that's It's good that you touched on that, because I was going to say, like, how has your practice developed? If we take away, obviously, on the social media side, you've, um, you've been involved in yoga challenges and stuff like mm. that, but how have you been able to develop your practice outside? Like, how do you do your own self-practice? Because I know that me in particular, I struggle so much with getting my getting my ass to the mat because yeah. I think uh, it's like mind over matter, and I'm just lazy. Mm. So how is that? How you kind of disciplined yourself a little bit to get into the regular mm. flow? I don't know. I yeah, discipline's a good word, definitely, and it's something I never had. And I think the more I kind of started practicing every day, the more I realized how much I thrive off that structure. Mm. And because I never really had that and I was never really strict with myself in that way, I felt like it was something I really need. And it's not that I feel the need to practice every day. It's just I know how great I'm going to feel when I have practiced or how my body kind of feels like it's crying out sometimes that I I need to move to just kind of, you know, get out of my head a little bit and Mm. just move my body. And obviously there's so many health benefits to the practice besides just the obvious um and besides just the physical as well I think since I started practicing I'm definitely a lot more mindful about what I eat I'm a lot more mindful about what I use on my body what I wear um my impact Mm. on on the environment obviously things like this that I never really used to be that in touch with Mm. it has kind of opened my eyes to and then obviously the spiritual teachings but I won't go into that too much because I know spirituality is. A I mean, it's always a big debate some with people, everyone. Yeah, yeah some people can really appreciate, and others, you know, they hear spirituality and they just turn off straight away. Um, it's kind of take take what you want from your own. Yeah, take what you want from it. I think you can kind of, you know, you can take all of it on board, or you can just take pieces of it and just apply that to your life. But there's definitely like certain spiritual practices that I think everybody can can really benefit from just as simple as practicing sankalpa which is the practice Mm. of intentions Mm -hmm. and setting intentions and it's you know it can be directly linked to um you know when when you're working towards a goal and you're kind of setting a list of to-dos and things that you you Mm -hmm. want to you know goals that you want to hit um, just setting intentions is very much the same, but it's more personal rather than you're trying to gain anything. Mm. It's just something you're trying to work on within yourself. Something you're trying to be, yeah. like the future self you want to be. Yeah, and I think if you can try and set an intention each day that's going to help you tomorrow, then that's the best thing you can be doing for yourself mm-hmm. each day, better than you know getting a little bit further ahead at work because you know work's always there but mm-hmm. you have to live with yourself each day so you know That's if you make yourself <laughs> the most at home in your own body 
that yeah. you can be not just physically but mentally and if you keep nurturing that then that's all you can ask for mm-hmm. in, in life really to be happy yeah oh that's so lovely like, everything, <laughs> everything you just said was perfect um because like you were just talking about um you have quite a deep understanding of yoga and kind of the the yogic side of things like how did you kind of gain this knowledge what what did you read up on to begin with is it just stuff you were interested Um, in or yeah initially it would probably be things that were maybe being suggested by others things that I was reading from you know blogs and then obviously with my training obviously there's been so many books that I've read um you know like the whole anatomy of the body the sutras the Mm. um I can't even go into it all. Yeah, because there's a there's, lot. There's I remember so when my sister did the training, and the yeah. reading list was super ex- yeah, extensive. It's, it's it's a lot to take in, and it's the kind of reading list where you you read one page and you need like a day to digest it. It's yeah. not something you know you you get through. And I'm quite a fast reader as, as well. Usually, I would sit at home and I would get through with maybe like a hundred pages in an mm. evening, quite happily, just lose myself on the sofa. But with this kind of reading, it's very much it's like, like big thinking. Yeah, isn't it? you kind of have to hold on to the sofa, and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> <Yeah>. Tiffany, time." <laughs> yeah. How um, did you like? So, when you first started reading into it, because for those of you who don't know, Charlie's going to be doing her training in March, teacher training, which is super exciting. Um, has it kind of given you a completely different perspective of yoga because you were just mainly practice and this is a lot of theory as well oh, yeah has it been daunting definitely or? definitely I'm, I'm very nervous obviously you know to be going away on my own and you know you kind of have to you question yourself a lot and you're like mm. am I ready to do this do I have enough knowledge do I have enough understanding all of these things that I think are daily doubts that everybody faces mm-hmm. with that everybody has that internal voice that's kind of always telling them that they're not enough Mm. but you know you just kind of have to counteract that by reminding yourself how far you've come where you're at that Mm. you are ready and I you know this is something I've wanted to do for years now and I kind of feel like I'm at a place where I can Mm. I think when you're when you're nervous about something as well and whenever I've been traveling and I've always I always have like many anxiety attacks like Mm. I don't think I can do this and I think as long as you are willing to try, mm. you will take yourself further than you think you can. Because just be oh, told, like, I'm willing to give it a go, I'll give it a go. And then when you get to the next step, it's like, okay, I'm willing to get to the hotel. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, I'm willing to... And do you know what I mean? You just have to be willing to yeah, carry definitely. on. And then by the by the time you, you realise you're loving it and you're enjoying it. Yeah. So when... Even though you, you're going to do your teacher training, tell us a little bit about how you started teaching in your hometown and how that all came about. Oh gosh, so your lovely sister. <laughs> That's not why I meant. It's mainly for people <laughs> listening who didn't know. Um, so, obviously, if you're not familiar with the Charlotte, the Charlotte is basically just Stokes Yoga Haven <laughs> and Holistic Wellness Centre. And obviously I've followed what Gabby's been doing for ages around the time that I was starting to get more involved with my own practice. I was very aware of things that she was doing in the area because obviously the more people that are spreading the message of how great yoga is, mm. I'm going to get on board as as much as I can. And I remember she posted 
um, something about needing, you know, there was a new class coming up and it was the style of yoga that I do, which is like a power flow style. It's much more dynamic, mm-hmm. kind of faster paced, a little bit more challenging, a lot more movement rather than uh, kind of static stretching. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'd just finished uni at this time. I was moving back home. I was ready to take on everything I kind of mm-hmm. possibly could. I Which, just, weirdly, when people move home from somewhere, they, they think that they're going backwards. But yeah, you're like, no, no I was I'm ready like, for no, it. No, I'm going forwards. Yeah, definitely, always. Um, and I just I was just kind of like, I'd, I'd love to do that. And I didn't think she'd, she'd like, kind of mm-hmm. take me seriously. And then, literally, the next week, I attended the class. Gabby taught it. Um, so, obviously, I was kind of going off the class that she'd guided so that I understood what kind of class it was going to be in so I could get a feel for it and I was so nervous and the next week obviously (laughs) I was teaching and I was just like you know yeah I think it's good to know that like I don't think this would be just I mean I don't know if it'd be just at the Charlotte but something that my sister likes to do is if somebody is willing to give it a go and she knows that they have quite a deep practice technically you don't really have to be a qualified teacher in order to teach because there'll be always be someone there who is qualified in case something goes wrong Mm. but it's kind of telling anyone who's listening in terms of anything if it's if it's teaching a yoga class or doing any kind of creative field that you don't have to be qualified to do it you just have to try and give it a go because like you said you were there one week and then the next week you were teaching the class (laughs) I do think when you're doing things like that, though, I mean, I'm always very honest with people and I say, look, I am not trained. Mm. Um, I am training, but I don't have that certificate, that piece of paper. But if they are willing to trust me and obviously I know my boundaries, I know where like my cans and cons, I know with mm-hmm. hands on adjustments, there's certain things that, you know, I just don't have that understanding quite yet so I just won't offer it yeah and I think it's really important that if you are in that position where you know you're just starting out that you know how far to take it although yes I can guide people I don't necessarily want to be telling people what's right or wrong for their bodies yeah because I know that everybody is very different and also because I don't think I would feel fully confident to be able to do that unless I had all of the Mm. you know all of the knowledge and all of the teaching behind me yeah um but that will come and I know it's a it's a practice of a lifetime it's not you know you don't practice for a year you do all the poses and you're done yeah that's not the aim of yoga absolutely Um, and that's definitely not what attracted me to it and I find that's probably why so many people you know they it kind of takes them on this whole journey because it really is just that Mm. how do you find in terms of your like circle of friends do you have because I find a lot of the time that people that sometimes come to the Charlotte or people that get into yoga who I'm friends with from around wherever they say I'm doing it but my friends don't really get it they don't really understand it (laughs) and so do you have the do you have any friends who are a little bit Uh, like what you're doing is weird (laughs) I, I think most of my friends are kind of like, I don't know, I, th- I think some of them find it a bit a bit crazy. They're like, wow, you can do that now. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's like a little party trick, you know, like an arm balance or yeah. the splits or something cool. Um, but most of them, you know, they're just kind of, they're doing their own things anyways. Yeah. And I think it's great that everybody has that niche. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's also really nice that it's giving me the opportunity to step away from my, from my close, like, friendship circle and meet new people because I mm-hmm. can't say there's been a person that I've met at the Charlotte or through a class or whatever kind of 
interaction it's been that's been based around yoga that hasn't been lovely yeah that's a good point to make because like I was going to say to you do you think because do you think it's good to kind of find your tribe and make the effort to go to a class rather than just have a self-practice yeah definitely I mean you know I'm an only child. I really like my own company. Mm. Probably a little bit too much. Like, sometimes my dad will say to me, like, are you going to go out and see people soon? Because I'm just so content. My dad's always trying to get me to, like, go out with my friends as well. Maybe it's a dad thing, like, I don't know. (laughs) No, my mum's hilarious. She'll be like, when are you going to go out and meet someone? And I'm like, I don't want to go out and meet anyone. (laughs) I just want to stay in and flow. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to stay in and make clothes. (laughs) But, um... I've completely forgotten the question. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to, um, on on your Instagram today now, um, yeah. when you come back from your teacher training, what do you want the future of, like, kind of, what are the goals for how you want to make an impact or how you want to, like, come across on social media? Because mm. nowadays you've started to do some tutorials and yeah. would you want to do online classes? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I love doing tutorials because, you know, they're quick. They're, like, they're only, like, a minute. You know, Mm. they don't really take up that much of my time. And I think I know that I've learned so much from other people's tutorials. And I definitely think each person has a different way of explaining something. And sometimes I've, you know, explored the same pose. But Mm. depending on how a person's worded it or the steps they've taken to get there, it's just Mm. clicked sometimes. And I think, you know, if you can provide that for another person then i love that um especially when when people comment and they're like oh i never thought about doing yeah. it like that i love i like live for moments like that and i never really thought that i would be a teacher and i was sense. literally just gonna say I bet um, it's kind of a bizarre feeling when really when really. you realize that you're a teacher and people are having that like eureka moment yeah. and you're like wow i helped do that and yeah no it, it is really really lovely i mean every class i teach i'm literally glowing on the drive home i'm just so Aww. happy I'm like, ah. everyone always says that you're glowing that's one thing people are always like you're just so happy <laughs> you're such a nice energy oh that's lovely um but with with where I want to take it, I really don't know. I think just sharing, teaching, um, sharing different things that maybe I'm using in my life that maybe I think other people might benefit from, and just just enjoying sharing my practice. Really, I don't think it has to be taken seriously. Like I don't yeah. think it needs any kind of structure or. I think it's important not to take it too seriously and like because of how like it's your own practice and it is actually very personal to you yeah so if you took it too seriously and then you kind of lose sight of it you Mm -hmm. don't want to it's when people say when they do their hobby as a career and they've done it so much that they end up hating it (laughs) yeah and you just don't want that to happen no no and I think that's a difficult thing sometimes especially when you are promoting classes and things Mm -hmm. like that because you do kind of have to cross that bridge between you know, it's your own practice, it's something you do because you love it, but it's also something you do because you're making, obviously, it's it's a source of income for mm-hmm. you because, obviously, I will be going down to working just three days a week. This is, like, a, a new Amazing. thing. Amazing. So that I can spend more time teaching, more time sewing. So then, you know, finding my, my bread and butter, so to speak, yeah. is going to be spread across different outlets, so then, you know, you do have to consider promotion a mm-hmm. little bit more, but more just so you can get people to come to the class, not because yeah. I want anybody to buy anything. Yeah, and I think 
tell us a little bit about um so you have your clothes your clothing line that's coming soon <laughs> and so is it more yo is it yoga style clothes like what is it you're going to be doing there oh gosh so my friend was asking me about this the other day because she was at my house and she was just like so are you gonna have like a a clothing line and i was like <laughs> honestly i have no excuse me <coughs> i have no vision for it in that sense um, I just think I just want to make clothes that are comfortable that people can move in because in all honesty that's all I ever look for mm. when I go through my wardrobe and I, I have an extensive wardrobe I never yeah. throw anything out I remember like there was one time when um, back in high school I was at your house and I think you and I loved your wardrobe and, you let, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you let me borrow like a t-shirt and shorts for a party or something when I was like 15 and you've always been super stylish and my sister always goes on about that so the fact you are making some kind of clothing thing is very exciting for us oh thank you I love that <laughs> you're like you're one of those, I mean it's hard when like when when accepting compliments, like, I'm the same, you kind of, like, curl into yourself because <laughs> yeah. it's nice to hear, but you're like, oh. But um, you make a lot of your own clothes in that you wear, like, in your videos, and you kind of stretch them out. So mm. how have you been able to, like, how have you gone on that journey as well? Oh, gosh, that was actually around the same time that I was getting into my practice a lot more. And it was, like, one day at home. It was in the summer. It was in between... I think second and third year of uni so I, I you know I wasn't really working that much I had mm. a part-time job in the summer and one day I was just like I want to make a pair of leggings <laughs> and they were that. they were like the most shocking things I've ever made I'm pretty sure I put them on and all of the seams ripped and oh, the crotch no. opened <laughs> and it was just like it was horrendous and you know I, I would sew one leg back to front and one leg the right way round and yeah. it would it would be the most frustrating thing but at the same time it was something to strive towards and obviously because I've always had that interest in clothes the and obviously I really enjoy making things mm. and like just creating and designing in general it just kind of merged together and then clothes yeah. kind of happened and it's it's actually such a rewarding practice to have is to just look at something like quite often when I go shopping now it's not for clothes it's just for ideas mm. and just looking at something on the rack and thinking I could make something similar to that or mm -hmm. if not the same um and it's going to cost me you know just my time really and mm. a little bit of money for the material which is you know yeah. a fraction of how much it costs to buy off the rack it's definitely like I think especially today when it's a big topic that people into are spending too much money on like the bad industry of mm. I think it was called like fast shopping where it's all made super um what's the term uh when something is distrib distributed like really fast fast fashion fast fashion I guess <laughs> we'll call it fast fashion um rather than wearing like recycled or repurposed yeah or, no I know what like you mean. made by themselves so there's so much out there now that is just one use only, I think. Yeah. Like single use, I guess the term mm -hmm. is, that I hear a lot uh, a lot more these days. And I didn't actually realise this until I was watching a documentary recently that the fashion industry is actually, I think it's number two, mm. on the biggest polluters in the world. And it's yeah. it's kind of horrific when you, when you watch it and 
when you watch how much um, like the cotton industry is a massive one because obviously cotton is farmed, you know, it's natural. How much water goes into like a t-shirt. Yeah, how many resources are being used up just to make these t-shirts and you know, you go shopping and the shops are never short of anything mm. and you just think how much pressure and how much strain there must be on that industry to constantly provide mm. and it's one of those moments where you, you kind of feel like an ant in a really big world when you realise yeah. this is just one shop in how many shops in in this city in this country in this world and it just Mm. kind of escalates and you're like this is this is you know too much for the world to be able to handle this amount of demand but it's it's so widespread across all industries now I think Mm. it's something people really need to consider is the impact they're having you know consumerism is so rife and I know I get it you know sometimes I'm sat at home and I'm like oh it'd be really nice to have these things but you know need is one thing and want is you know on the other end of the scale absolutely and sometimes you kind of have to detach yourself from things that you want and just concentrate on what you need and actually what you need is really minimal in comparison Mm -hmm. to what you want definitely and And like if people are listening and wondering like oh can't make my own clothes and it's like <laughs> you, go, you don't have to make your own clothes you can charlie never knew how to make them and now she does you can teach yourself or just go to a charity shop mm. get some new clothes or go to anywhere that has still good quality clothes but you don't have to buy it off the rack for like three times the price mm. um one thing i was going to ask was we spoke a little bit about the future of what you would want what voice you want to have on social media but in terms of the big picture because obviously you have your fashion line (laughs) and your yoga journey and working in marketing where do you want i mean nobody can say like oh in 10 years time i want to do this but what Mm. do you want to be doing in the future i don't know honestly i've always been quite adamant that i wanted to work for myself Mm -hmm. and i think that's why pursuing teaching is obviously something that's right up there especially with making but then you also have to be really realistic and think you know what is my core source of income and at at the moment you know that's the security of my nine to five Mm. which is why I still have that so I think you know I'm still striving to get to that point where I'm not dependent on relying on anybody else for my income Mm -hmm. and it's totally coming from me but it's going to take a while and I think it's just um trying to be a little bit more business minded the older i get um i've realized that now that (coughs) i'm the same i'd love to work for myself and i do have a general stream of income and i love my job at the moment anyway Mm. so it's a it's a brilliant job um but obviously eventually in the future you want to work for yourself and like you said have more of a business mind as you get older in order to do that because it's not easy like people have done it and they say they would never go back but it's definitely not an easy thing. I was going to say, it's not the easy choice by any means. I mean, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I've kind of managed to work something out with work so I can go away from my training and I'm going to come back and carry on working. Mm -hmm. But for a short while, you know, it was kind of looking like it was either my job or my training. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've really had to deal with massively and I know probably a lot of people who are looking to do their training might face this decision where you can't get that amount of time off work if you're wanting to go abroad and go and do an intensive training Mm. and you do really have to weigh up you know what is more yeah what is more worth it for you and at this time in my life you know I don't really have any 
that many overheads I you know I don't really have that many responsibilities anything really stopping me so it's mm. kind of like now is the right time I think as well like when sometimes people think with teacher trainings you can I mean you can obviously just get up and go do it but you do have to be because you've been doing a lot of reading in advance you yeah, do have to be very gosh. dedicated to it's not it's, an it's easy not thing. an easy thing to do at all and I mean I think that's something that a lot of people maybe don't realise and maybe not enough weight is uh, put on yoga teachers in that sense because I, it's just like teaching maths mm. or like teaching science. Just because it's an activity doesn't mean that that person hasn't gained just as much knowledge as somebody who's done their degree in mm. whatever, whatever you would you would go to school and be taught in a classroom and I think that's why the yoga industry should be kind of up there. Yeah. Not to say that it should be put on a pedestal and that, you know, you're gaining so many more life lessons, although it's a different kind of teaching. I do think that the value of those lessons is definitely up there. Mm. And I do think that's why anybody looking to do that training, you know, you really have to kind of think, am I ready to commit that amount of time? Mm. Um, and... Also, you know, dedicate a lot of a lot of yourself to it as well because mm. you know you you put all of yourself into teaching. It's not like you go and yeah. you're kind of this robot, you know. So you have to put yourself uh, into yeah, it because people absolutely. in the yoga industry or like when you're self-employed, I feel like people are very much not just buying into the service, but they're buying into you. Mm. So if you're not the kind of person that they want to, oh gosh, if you're absolutely. just teaching a yoga class, like as with not much soul in it then people aren't really going to enjoy it because mm. I know that I go to yoga classes with teachers that I feel like bring real energy and you feel like they care and they want you to progress but then the teachers that are just doing standard like standards and playlist every time or like a normal practice that's not something that you go back for yeah um so rounding things up a little bit what would your advice be to someone who's kind of starting their yoga journey and is feeling a bit like I don't really know where to begin I'm not I don't have time for it or, yeah it's I a mean, bit of a loaded question I guess but I always recommend you know a home practice I mean that's where I really found my feet with the practice you can you know sweat it out you mm -hmm. can be as can fall over. as comfortable <laughs> and as secure knowing that you're in your own home nobody's mm -hmm. watching you because sometimes I do know that there's that pressure when you go to a class and mm -hmm. I, I always see it all the time when people can't keep their eyes off one another they're constantly making playing that comparison game mm -hmm. so I think you know home videos are really great and then if you do get to that point where you've been watching a few videos and you're thinking I can maybe go here next mm -hmm. into this pose rather than doing what they're telling me to do and then it becomes more intuitive and yeah. then it's just you know you're leading by your own listening to your body yeah yeah rather than having somebody else talk you through that routine because really that's just their interpretation of the mm. practice and you can really make it your own and then I think if you start to get to that point, then venture out, go to a class, get some new ideas, mm -hmm. um, or stay at home. And yeah. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Brilliant. Um, so uh, just two last questions about your actual yoga practice. What's your favourite pose? Oh, gosh, no. I, that, knew, I knew you were saying this. That's too difficult. I mean, I love handstands. Just that, I, I would say balancing on my hands, just that feeling of 
we were ever like a Just gymnast or contortionist or no because when people people look at like the way you move and because i know that you never used to be able to do hacks i've seen how you started handstands from the very beginning but I think people that might just have started following you would be like, whoa, like, how did she do that? No, not at all. Honestly, like, there is actually, I think there is, like, a practice section on my page. And I think if you scrolled through all of that, you would get to the point where it's probably around this time last year when I was first learning how to do a handstand. I was practicing in my kitchen and I fell over and I booted the kitchen wall with my knee and I put a hole in the wall and it's still there. <laughs> and you're there. such a little person. I know, like I know, it's still there. And I remember, I remember like ringing my dad afterwards and I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. I've done a bad thing. I think you should mark it on the wall as like the start, the start of something special. <laughs> yeah. And I say this, like we recently redecorated and that's that's now my yoga room and he's like, are the walls safe? And I'm just like, they're fine now. I don't need them anymore. I don't need them. Oh, that's um, it. But yeah, handstands. And what would be, and lastly, what would be the pose? Do you have a pose that you really want to achieve at the moment? Oh, my side splits. Sides, ah, right, okay. And so obviously because front splits, you know, your legs naturally, they go forward and back. So mm. just making them go that little bit extra. Yeah. That um, that was something I really wanted to work towards. That was one of the first poses I, I kind of got and now I'm quite comfortable with, but going the other way you know the hips have got to externally rotate Mm -hmm. and it's very different strenuous um yeah yeah it's a lot of perseverance as well just kind of learning to become comfortable in uncomfortable positions and I think there's so much that you can learn from that beyond just sitting in a stretch Mm -hmm. you can apply that to so many different situations in your life you know learning to not get so angry in situations that might really rub you up the wrong way Mm -hmm. or just learning to kind of take a breath the next time something becomes a little bit overwhelming yeah Yeah. um so that would be the one and we'll we'll see where it goes well thank you so much chat it's been such a lovely time finally sitting down with you um if you'd like to well you should go and follow charlie's journey on is it is it charlie flow e with a three or was that how it used to be Oh, A with a three. C H three R L I E F L O W. You'll find her anyway. <laughs> but if you also like to follow her clothing journey, which is shanty.clothing. Yes. I'm so good at this. Yeah. Then please go and do that. And I hope you have been able to hear what kind of beautiful human Charlie is behind her beautiful feed and beautiful words. Oh. So thank you very much, Charlie. And we'll speak to you guys soon.